Okay, thank you very much. Um, as Elizabeth said, in the, in the beginning there was the word, and the word was with David Parkin. Um, <laughs> uh, should just point out one book, Holistic Anthropology. This was the 100th, one of the symposia of the 100th anniversary of uh, Oxford Anthropology, which um, I co-edited with David Parkin. Actually, I was very privileged um, for David Parkin to ask me if I would co-run the symposium with him. Every single author in this book was at Oxford or came to Oxford. It's almost scary uh, because some of them, some of them didn't. But what the book stresses is the sort of convergence of ideas in anthropology that one should be less fixated on. Uh, uh, on divisions with anthropology than be fixated on issues and problems and who might best be recruited to think about them. So that's how I came to medical anthropology. I actually came to medical anthropology through several sessions in the pub with David Parkin. No, I wasn't drunk. I was fully in possession of my faculties and continue to be fully in possession of my faculties and I continue to feel myself privileged to be um, with medical anthropology and having made the move to ISCA. So much is possible now that wasn't possible 10 years ago. And I see it in the students I have all the time. Because as Elizabeth has said, we produce people who are able to see different things using different disciplinary languages. And sometimes the two converge and sometimes students come to us like cats proudly holding a mouse they've caught. And that mouse is a new idea. It's a new way of thinking. And that, to me, is the real privilege of being, uh, of being on this course uh, and, and, and teaching it. Um, in a way, it continues to, to develop because it develops through the people in this room and the people in this room as they represent the larger body that has moved through medical anthropology um, across the last 10 years. So, statistics, demographics, um, over 140 people have completed some aspect of graduate studies in medical anthropology in the last 10 years. And there are more in the pipeline as we speak. Um, I'd say the one perhaps slightly negative thing about the course is, and, and, and the graduate studies, is that we are very um, Anglo-American. Forty um, percent of people who've graduated medical anthropology have been from the United States. Twenty percent, around twenty percent from the UK. That's something I'd wish that across coming years we could start to erode. Um, we want Americans. We want everybody, but we want to. Be... I want too. <laughs> yeah, um, but but uh, but you know we've had a dazzling array of people from different countries, Canada, Germany, Japan, China, South Korea, New Zealand, Australia, Chile, Ecuador, Italy, Slovenia, Taiwan, Austria. So uh, people from a dazzling array of countries, but um, we really want to be able to um, widen our diversity. The topics that dissertations have covered have been traditional healing, um, having equal popularity to disease ecology and epidemiology and public health, political economy of various issues, uh, mental health and psychiatry, reproduction, dance performance and healing, nutrition, reproduction, embodiment, sensory experience and health. And some of the specific topics include leukemia, psychotherapy, Alzheimer's disease, 
HIV and AIDS, Crohn's disease, alcoholism, genetics, anorexia, obesity, breastfeeding, nutrition, diabetes, cancers, organ transplantation, humanitarian aid, food security, never in a solitary kind of um, uh, systematic way, but in a way that pulls together different parts of medical anthropology, often in very new and interesting ways. And people have studied, of course, in the UK, in the United States, but also in India, Guatemala, Ethiopia, Sudan, Uganda, Kenya, South Africa, Japan, Korea, China, Australia, Pakistan, and we can go on. What do people go on to do? Well, a lot of people can't get further studies. That is uh, an understanding that uh, you know people who do masters will go on to do PhDs and they will take their masters to other institutions. Sometimes they'll stay here and, and carry on. Um, um, a number of uh, a large proportion of people have gone on to do medicine. So we have a significant grouping in Boston, a significant grouping in San Francisco. Um, and, you know, I think we're close to the stage of being able to think about, about regional hubs, you know, of, of, of medical anthropology. I think that's something that would be really nice to develop. That, you know, we have somebody who's in the department and say, well, actually, next year I'm going to be in Boston. Well, here's the people you should talk to. You turn up there and they can, you know, there, there, there should be sort of little comfort stations across the planet. Um, one way. No, anthropology is not a toilet. <laughs> we will not move to inappropriate jokes. Um, um, people have um, gone into disciplines and departments affiliated to health, but also into journalism, into political science, and even one person is a criminal lawyer um, specialising in forensic Cases. So, you know, there are many different ways in which medical anthropology can be used. Um, I think we're running pretty close to time, so I'm going to um, stop um, and allow people who've graduated from this course to start to tell us a little bit more about what happens after Oxford and um, how... Uh, different uh, aspects of you know, what they had done um, in, in Oxford might have shaped their thinking into the future. So thank you very much.